Welcome to the Recession Proof Real Estate Investing Podcast. Join your host, Sam Newell, as he educates you on how to make profitable, low-risk real estate investments that will cash flow through any economy. Hear interviews with the top real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the country to find out what they've learned and implemented since the 2008 recession. With over 10 years in real estate investing, it has become Sam's goal to help others invest for double-digit returns, but to also stay safe and not get caught in the next downturn. Tune in and become recession-proof. All right. Jose Luis Morales, thanks for being on my show, buddy. Good to have you on. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. For our listeners, I'm really excited to have this guy on here. He's with REMAX uh, Gold Coast in California. And if I'm not mistaken, Jose, uh, you and I started real estate similar time, right? 2010-ish? Yeah, yeah, I got licensed in 2010 and started uh, in 2011. So I started seeing this this guy at these Mike Ferry events. I'm like, man, he's got a lot of energy. And and every year your deals just kept bumping up, bumping up. I'm like, damn, this guy is a hustler. So you work your ass off. You absolutely crush it. Uh, give me 30 seconds and tell me about your real estate business. But then I want to jump into this apartment building you just bought. So last year, uh, we sold uh, 109 properties, uh, five sellers, which those were uh, mine, and then 44 uh, buyers, which two buyers agents produced that. I mean, uh, yeah, it was it was a good year. Um, we've been kind of stuck anywhere from 90 to 110. So we're making some changes now to be able to get past that. Uh, the goal or where I want to get to the next level for me would be somewhere around 180. Awesome, man. Awesome. That's a really cool goal. And, and that's one thing that I love about hanging out with people like you and Hal Swayze is going to be on the show later today. Michael Young was already on and Brian Burnett and Mike Darda. I mean, you guys have such amazing goals, but I used to think about money differently. And this is why I wanted to have you on and really talk about the apartment complex. I don't know your background. We're going to get into that later. My background is poor. They're dirt poor, food stamps, and I always thought like people that made a lot of money had to be slimy. They had to be dishonest. I know for a fact you work your ass off. And I mean, you prospect, you cold call, you find buyers for your sellers, sellers for your buyers. You're literally just grinding every day and provide a really good service. So I just love seeing people like you just win and, and uh, see so, so much success. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. So, so let's get into this apartment deal. You just bought a really cool deal. Um, I think one of our buddy, I think it was Michael told you, Hey, if you don't buy it, I'm going to buy it. Cause you found a good deal, but tell us how you find that found this apartment deal. That's, that's close to you and, and how you bought it. Yeah. So essentially I, I made a goal about two years ago that I was going to be uh, purchasing an apartment complex. And I just thought about the idea at that point, I started reading some books. So I started reading like Crushing It in Commercial Real Estate, uh, David Lindahl's books, Multifamily Millions. But at that point, I never thought that it would actually happen. And then uh, I was cold calling and expired maybe like three years ago. And a uh, guy says, yeah, can you help me sell this property? Uh, help him sell the property, help them sell three more properties. And then he tells me, okay, I got one more final property that uh, I need to sell. And he tells me it's a 25 unit apartment complex. So essentially uh, he was a past client of mine, uh, had already uh, built a certain level of trust and rapport. 
and uh, he was able to carry paper. So I bought it with literally uh, 3% down. Purchase price was $4,450,000. I put $150,000 down and he carried uh, owner financing for five or no, uh, interest only for five years. What? And then, and then 30, 30 years after that, uh, a 30 year fixed mortgage uh, fully amortized at four and a half percent. So right now I'm paying uh, interest only four and a half percent for the next five years. And then after that, it turns into a 30 year fixed. Wow. Bro, you stole that. I mean, that's, that is sexy. I'm kind of turned on right now when you just explain the financing for, for our listeners that don't understand that I just seller financed my hotel and I gave them five years to pay me back. And I felt like that was a long-term typical seller finance deals are like one to three years. I just did one with another client. It was a three-year deal. So the fact that you got five years interest only is amazing. That guy must really like you. You must have been uh, giving some kickbacks or something, something under the table. I don't know. But, um, and then 30 years to pay him back, huh? Yeah, it was, it was awesome, to be honest. Like, me and him had a really good relationship. Wow. Um, when we were working out the deal, I asked him, like, what if somebody else bought this? He's like, well, look, Jose, this deal is only for you. If you want it, you can take it. If not, like, you know. So, wow. uh, and then it's, it's assumable, too, the loan. So essentially, I can sell it at any point, and he'll carry the same terms in paper as I have. Dude. So that was part of my exit on it. I wanted to make sure that, like, if I ever got to that point, it would just open up my my pool of buyers. So that was <laughs> oh awesome. yeah, that's huge, man. That is probably the best deal you could ever buy. I mean, I don't look in California because I'm not there, and and the landlord laws scare me. But you're there. You're you understand it, you get it, you understand the tenant base, and you got the deal of a lifetime on financing. I mean, that's awesome, man. Good for you. Yeah, the price was okay, but I think the financing was the deal that I got. So, Can, can I be a one-upper? Sure. I don't have a one-upper story because I, I definitely cannot top that story, but I have a similar story. So I bought one of my flips and I owner-occupied it. It was a for sale by owner. They're getting divorced. There's this crazy situation. But I said, hey, I need you to pay me a 5% commission so that I can buy your property and put zero down. And they said, okay. So I literally bought one of my flips and moved into an owner occupy with zero of my own money. I just used the commission that they, uh, they paid me and I gave them a fair price. And so they were happy. I was happy. I made $100,000 off that property when I sold it. So I guess the, the big takeaway from, from, and I'm sure you'll have some other really good points, but um, get creative with financing. You can do some really cool stuff if you take care of the seller, have good rapport. Tell me how your relationship started. You sold some properties for the guy. Did you cold call him? Was he already in your network? Well, Tell me how'd you found this guy. Well, the interesting thing, Sam, is I didn't feel like cold calling that morning. It was like Ooh. a Wednesday morning and I almost said, hey, I'm just going to chill out. I haven't taken a day off this week like let me just relax or let me work on something else and i ended up cold calling him and uh basically told him hey look your property came off the market are you open to getting a second opinion he's like yeah we met that same day signed the contract i listed at the same exact price that the other agent had it and i sold it within three weeks whoa Uh, the other agent just did really shitty marketing on the property i've seen your photos you do really good marketing so props 
Yeah, that's one of the things that we try to. Well, that's I, I would say that's one of my competitive advantages. I'd probably mm-hmm. say that that's one of the things that we try to differentiate ourselves by providing really good marketing to get as much activity. So I ended up selling it for him, ended up selling two more properties for him. And then that was the final Got one. And every single property performed, all of them got them sold. And uh, yeah, he was happy. And I, I mean, I was straight up with the guy and the guy was just a really interesting guy. Like he was like what you would consider like the millionaire next door. Like okay. uh, um, we had a situation where uh, he was staying at one of the properties that we were selling and we send uh, our runner over to the property and our runner calls my office and he says, Hey, I think somebody broke into the property. There's this guy in here uh, who's got like, like uh, just a mattress there. <laughs> and I think someone broke into, it. I think a homeless guy broke into it and he described him to me and I'm like, that's the owner of the property. But just oh to give gosh. you an idea of the type of guy that he was like, he just like basically had a mattress there, like dressed in overalls, paint, uh, just guy that super frugal, but mm-hmm. had made some very smart business decisions throughout his life. And um, I mean, at the time he was collecting 25,000 in rent at the time a month and the property was fully paid off. So he was, holy cow, he was doing, uh, he, he wasn't doing, doing too bad, you know? That's funny you say that because some of my highest net worth individuals, they're not driving the Lambos. They're not driving you know, flashy cars, they're not in the three piece suits or whatever, wearing Gucci and Louis Vuitton and whatever. I had a plumber come in, he was worth like 2 million bucks. He had never made more than 60,000 a year ever in his life. That's he would, great. he'd be a plumber and then he'd spend time with his kids. I think he uh, coached baseball, but he bought real estate and he bought and bought and he got creative, kind of like you got creative with financing. And in his fifties, he stopped being a plumber, but he still wore plumbing and just worked on his properties, man, like retired from plumbing, a millionaire. So I don't know how you do that, but uh, with anything other than real estate. So hold on, you got this deal. Let's go back to your deal. You bought this deal with the most creative, awesome seller financing I've ever heard of. And tell me about the rents and what your business plan is with the property. So you you know, we do value add. I know you're doing a little bit of value add on this property. What were your plans for this property to make it a little bit sexier and, and get a better tenant base? Yeah. So when I bought it, it was occupied except for two units, uh, two one bedrooms were vacant. And I told them basically not to re-rent those because he was renting them at a thousand eighty nine, mm-hmm. and I didn't want him to rent them at that price, especially because there's rent control in California. So upon closing, we rented those at uh, fourteen fifty, the one bedrooms. Wow. Wow. So one thousand eighty nine, rented them at fourteen fifty, and then we increased the rent on all the other one bedrooms. Right now, it, they were collecting twenty five thousand a month. We're collecting thirty one thousand something and some change a month. Jeez. And the market value, just to get up to market, we're looking at about forty thousand a month in rents collected, just because the rents were so under market. Okay, hold on a sec. Let's do some calculations for our listeners. So they were getting how much? 25,000? 25, You're getting 31,000 right 31, now, 31,000, right? yeah. So that's a difference of 6,000 uh-huh. divided by 25,000. That's a 24% jump. I mean, I feel kind of dumb doing that on a calculator now that I see it, mm-hmm. but <laughs> that's a 24% jump. Okay, but let's go up to 40. So that's a, what is that? A $14,000 difference, $15,000 difference. 
Yeah. Yeah. 15,000 divided by 25,000. And this is what we look at every time we look at a deal. 60% rent bump. So, you know, that's 0.6 or 60%. So yeah, that's a sexy deal, man. That's, that's a, a deal that you keep for the rest of your life. Cause you're never going to be able to buy another deal like that. Kind of like our hotel. The only difference is yours wasn't a shithole. Our hotel was when we bought it. Well, it so, needed a lot of work. It had a lot of deferred maintenance, a lot. Of okay. So tell me about that. So, so, cause you bought at an amazing price and you are seeing amazing rent bumps and that's what we look for every deal. So good job. But tell me about the, the deferred maintenance. So it had everything to do with like stoves, not working, fans, not working mold at the property. Like some of the units had like, like black, like tar or something that looked like mold. Obviously Ooh. we never did a mold test, but the hallways graffiti everywhere, different parts, uh, homeless problems. Homeless would come and sleep in the hallways at night. Uh, okay. So what we've done is we basically have a person that is on site right now helping me daily. And he's been basically fixing any health and safety items on the property. Mm -hmm. um, everything from fans, everything from electrical outlet issues, everything from leaks. There was a lot of leaks at the property, like water leaks. And we repainted the whole thing. Did you guys and do a fence? I remember we talked about that. Not yet. We installed cameras. Oh, cameras. Cam that's right. Yeah, we installed security cameras. So I have 16 cameras that I can look at at any point. Nice. Uh, we're working on a laundromat right now for, for the building as well. Okay. Uh, so are you going to self-operate or have one of those third-party uh no, we're planning on self-operating i know some people have told me not to but my father-in-law is is gonna take care of it so okay. i have a father-in-law that is just gonna go over after work he's pretty handy like construction guy mm -hmm. so he's gonna collect the coins 100 percent trustworthy yeah the only issue we've had at the hotel is people break in to get and at a couple properties we've looked at they'll break in and just tear open the coin op to get a couple bucks out to go to the dollar store or something, you know? So that's like the only reason I would never do it. But the property that we just put under contract today, you can do the key card ones. So they just charge their key card and then there's no coin store. So you solve that problem. So that might be oh something my God. to look into. You just made me so much money right there. That is <laughs> a freaking great idea. Yeah. So, and you make sure people know you put a sign that says there is no money in this laundromat. It's all key card. Cause then the crackheads, if they can read, you know, they read that and they're like, Oh yeah, no, there's no money on site. So. Well, what I was thinking is, um, and this solves some issues for me in the past. Mm -hmm. Like um, obviously we have uh, bars in the windows so they can't break in. We have a screen door. What I was thinking about, and it, it just clicked right now. I hadn't actually thought about it, but we have a property that we're buying right now, single family, mm -hmm. and we have uh, people breaking into it before. So we're just installing an alarm. So what I'm thinking is maybe like installing an alarm where when the manager opens it, she offsets the alarm. When the manager closes it, she installs it and then have the alarm ring like loud. So if it happens, they know that obviously it can happen again. And obviously, I mean, we have two sets of cameras. We have a camera pointing in and a camera in there as well, too. Mm -hmm. But I think that would probably be the solution, the key card and the, yeah. and the, and the alarm as well, too, which yeah. is not very expensive. It's like $50 a month, something Perfect. like that. So. Yeah, you should be golden. You can talk to my partner, Lyndon, as well. He actually 
it's his side hustle. He does alarms and, and security cameras. So he may be able to get you a deal. Yeah. Well, cool. So this sounds like the ideal, just awesome investment, 25 doors. You've got a 30 year loan on it, which is not normal and hugely advantageous. You can weather any type of financial coronavirus downturn, any type of storm that comes. So that's awesome. Um, are you looking for more properties in the area? Are you looking at a state? What's your plans for the next acquisition? So for right now, I'm looking in my area still. So my philosophy, I, I know a lot of people have gone out of state. As long as I'm able to find opportunities, which I, I, I don't know if I consider myself lucky or I just have the right mindset, I've always been able to find like two years ago in 2017, I purchased a seven unit um, mm -hmm. for 385000 in my nice. area. And yeah, I just feel like I, I'm, I'm still able to find. I, I was looking at a 16 unit the other day for 2.5 million, which is 150 a door. I bought it 178 a door. So wow. I mean, I, I, I'm still like, I feel like, like I want to get my operations ready here locally. And then once I get my operations here locally, then I can start expanding to, to other areas. Like I... Do you have access to CoStar in your area? Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh -huh. Okay, cool. I, I have a skip tracing platform I'll share with you because those bigger units, usually they're in an LLC. So we're looking nationwide and my assistant literally every day is scrubbing sellers uh, or owners real information using that skip tracing platform. We're using CoStar first. Then once we have the property info, we're skip tracing to find the, the actual owner's info because I still want to look in my area too. But going through a broker, like there's no way, no chance in hell I'm going to buy a property in Utah because it's selling at a four cap. And, and one bedrooms don't rent for a thousand or 1400 bucks a month in Utah. What about like, uh, oh, like this is because I, I, I went to a seminar and the way that they were doing the LLCs, they were going to opencorporates.com. And then on opencorporates.com, they were looking who the assigned agent was for the LLC. Mm -hmm. And then basically using that information to kind of like look up phone numbers. Is that similar to the CoStar thing that you're talking about? So CoStar doesn't do that. We'll get the basic. So basically we get the property name and the LLC name off of CoStar. And then we go to this third party that does exactly what you just oh. said. But they'll do a mass upload. So I'll give them 200 properties. And, and in about two minutes, they'll spit back out. 60% of those, they'll give me the, the, well, I just thought thing. about it. And the reason is if I go out of state, I would need that. Cause right now I, I have access to the MLS. So I, I mean, I haven't ran into that problem, but that's because I've been investing uh, here locally right. But to, to, to top off the apartment complex, just so you know, in California, there's an ABU law, meaning accessory dwelling unit. So mm -hmm. essentially what this means is that if you have a 25 unit, there's a possibility that you can come, you can convert garage space into additional dwellings. Wow. So essentially the law states that you can convert 25% of the units into additional dwellings. So that would mean I can add, I could add six additional dwellings. Now we've been in contact with the city. We actually have some plans put out there right now. Nice. They don't want us to get rid of the garages. So they're giving us permits to build on top of the garages. No way. So yeah. So Screw you. this is going to turn from a, <laughs> That's awesome. from a 25 unit to a 31 unit. And it's going to go from 40 grand in gross income to about 51 to 52 in gross income. So it wow. gets better. 
essentially in terms of the deal and we're already submitting the plans and everything like that so um, that's awesome man i'm excited about that because yeah it's uh it uh yeah it's a it's a good value add so for people that uh, that think that there's no opportunity in their market i would say that sometimes it's a mindset thing and just kind of like looking and uh and knowing seeing opportunities sometimes where others don't see opportunity. So I saw that opportunity and I thought it was a. That's great, man. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. huge. And also what I would add is you put in the work. It's not like you were just on the MLS trying to do a deal. You know, you actually cold called the guy, you went to him directly. And I feel like that's how people like you get lucky is by working their asses off making the calls, putting in the time. So I'm saying, I'm, I'm all like laughing and, and saying, screw you, you're so lucky. But at the, at the end of the day, you earned every penny and, and you actually earned this by working hard and not just sitting around hoping to find something on CoStar, hoping that a broker is going to call you with this amazing deal. And that's the exact reason we're, we're scrubbing the phone numbers for every market in the United States that I want to be in. So me and Michael Young are splitting the cost. He and I are literally paying thousands of dollars a month for the next couple of months to get the data for every single city that we want to be in. And, and we'll be cold calling those. And that's how we just put this Albuquerque deal under contract. And now we found a deal in San Antonio. That's like a ridiculous deal. And anyways, so I, I just want to give you props. I, I think you're lucky and this is an amazing deal, but I think you've earned it and, and you definitely deserve it. So good job. Thank you, man. Thank you. That's awesome. Hey, let, let's talk about your real estate business because I love, love, love spending my time talking to you and, and these top producers. And I, first thing I want to hit on is how has your mindset been through coronavirus, through this crazy shutdown? And um, did you just kind of fold your arms and, and sit at home angry watching the news or did you keep working? And I feel like I know the answer, but I had to ask. No. So my initial reaction was some fear. Like that was initially. So like I actually, right when it started, like almost like before it started happening, I started like informing myself on it. I probably went into like a two or three day binge where I started just finding ways to protect my family. So we ended up buying uh, all kinds of water before everybody started freaking out. We started, we bought an extra freezer before people were freaking out. We stocked it with food. As long as we had food and water, we were good. So right, right after I did that, I got back to work right away. So it took me like two, three days. And then I felt like people started panicking after that. Like, so I, I would say that I, I reacted before a lot of people just based on information that I was able to collect and people that I follow that gave me some good information. Um, but then what I did after that is I said, look, if I'm going to go to war, I'm going to get myself in the best shape that I'm going to be in mentally, spiritually, and financially. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I started working out twice a day. Um, I started this challenge uh, by Andy Frisella called 75 Hard. And I basically said, I'm going to work on my mindset. So that challenge, basically, two workouts a day. Uh, one of them has to be outdoors. Um, wow. You have to drink a gallon of water a day. You have to be on a diet. You can't drink any alcohol. And you have to take a self-improvement picture. You don't have to post it anywhere, but you have to take one. So the results were that I've lost like 23, 24 pounds. No way. It's Corona. Wow. And uh, basically my mindset is probably stronger than ever. Cause I mean, if you work out twice a day, I listen to nothing but educational, motivational stuff. So that's two hours a day right there. 
then I'm reading 10 pages a day. That's already another 30, 40 minutes right there. So if you input two and a half hours a day of personal development in your life, your mindset's going to get really positive. So I actually had a strong, a really strong May, June, and July. I think we're closing, I think 205,000 this month, 205,000. Good for you, man. Yeah. Awesome. I love hearing that. And, and I teed that question up for you because I I love hearing those types of stories while everyone's freaking out. You freaked out for a couple days, but not in a crazy way. You, you just prepared yourself. There's a lot of people that just stopped working. They stopped trying to earn money. They stopped trying to improve their business. I had 46 million with different partners under contract when coronavirus hit and most of it went away and I panicked because <laughs> that was my income, a lot of my income for the year. And I've had a bunch of cancellations and, and issues going on. But the reason I love interviewing people like you is because it reminds me, oh yeah, just keep doing what everyone, what these other guys are doing. Keep doing what Jose Luis is doing and Hal and Michael are doing and, and you'll be just fine. And and we're probably going to come out of this coronavirus thing in a better situation because we actually got a half million dollar price reduction on Cincinnati. We got, I think it'll end up being about a million dollars off of the Florida deal, even though that's kind of canceled in the interim. We just bought, put a property under contract for half a million under what they were asking in Albuquerque. So, you know, I, I'd say see your silver linings. I w- and I know uh, Mike Darda, he gained like an extra 3% market share in last month total listings in, in his uh, Cape Coral area. So I love hearing the stories of people that just keep working. They stay positive. And Brian Burnett did the same thing. He, he didn't want to uh, not hit his goals this year. So he said, hey, coronavirus is here, whatever. I'm going to prospect 25% more. He started coming in a couple Saturdays a month and, and staying a little bit later, a couple nights a week. And he's on track to hit his numbers. I stepped on it more. Basically, instead of taking my foot off the gas, I basically said, Hey, look, this Corona thing is not going to dictate my income. It's not going to affect me. And it didn't. So it was was just a mindset thing. You know, I love Uh, it, man. I I have motivation. I want to buy another apartment complex. Please do. Yeah. (laughs) I have a, I have some motivation. You got to throw a little bit of money into our Albuquerque deal. Infinite return after three years. It's a possibility. Yeah, fly out there to, with us. Michael's flying out with me next week. But no, I mean, you're killing it. That's that's awesome. But I want to talk about a little bit more about your real estate business because I know you work hard. I know you have a really, really good mindset. You have a couple buyer's agents. Other than amazing marketing, tell us about what you do every day that really helps your buyers and sellers and what keeps them coming back and sending you so many referrals. I'd probably say that we've got a very systematic approach to doing things. Like everything is systemized in our business. And I'd probably say that's the reason, like whenever we take a listing from the point that we take the listing to the point that it actually sells, there's a process that we follow throughout the whole transaction. And that's how we're able to deliver the same results for every single client while handling a large volume of clients. So I'd probably say that. And then whenever we experience any problems in a transaction, our conversation is, okay, where in our checklist or where can we implement this so that it doesn't happen again? So we're looking to prevent future problems. So I'd probably say that is probably really big. Essentially, I just think we provide really good service because everything is very systemized. Um, Awesome. No, and very systemized. 
And I like what you said, you know, there, every real estate transaction is different. There's all different hurdles and issues that you have to get through and your job as a realtor. And this is really important for potential clients for you to hear. I actually have one. I'm going to send to you. They, they just listed with someone else here in Utah. I think she bought the listing if you know what I mean, but um, they've got a, a house next to you. But if you're solving problems, this is what a really good agent do, does. You solve problems. There's always going to be drama or potential issues that come up in sales. And that's why the internet has not replaced realtors yet is because you're, you and your team, you're going to think and figure out how to take care of this client, how to solve their problems and how to make them feel better and reassure them through potential issues. And, you know, I, I know you're doing a great job there. So tell me about your daily schedule. And I think we need to wrap up, but um, you cold call much like a lot of these top producers, how much are you cold calling and, and um, tell me about your daily activities. Yeah, so I, 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 I don't wake up. I used to wake up like at four thirty five in the morning. I don't do that anymore. I probably wake up like six thirty. Um, mm -hmm. I role play at seven. Um, at 7.30, I go for a jog, 7.30 to like about 8.15. 8.30, I'm on the phones. Uh, 8.30 to about 11, 11.30, depending on the day. Uh, sometimes I'm role-playing in the afternoon, again, like at 11.30. At 12 o'clock, I'm kind of like returning any calls. I'm dealing with any offers that we have, any negotiations, any issues. And then uh, I go on appointments at 3 and 5.30. Um, if I don't have any appointments, I come back and I get on the on the phone. So Thursday's actually the only day where I come back to the office like at two o'clock whenever mm -hmm. I have interviews like this. As you know, we have our own like a uh, little podcast thing that we do as well too. So Thursdays, I typically do it. Anytime I do a podcast, I do it at the same time. Uh, we typically do it like twice a month. So, so you're prospecting hard in the mornings, you're taking care of yourself, exercising, and then taking care of clients in the afternoon on appointments. And then I go for my second workout in the afternoon too. Got it. And your second workout. And what I love that you said is if you're not on appointments, you're back at the office looking for buyers and sellers for your listings and, and for your buyers. So that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about your family. Cause I know you have a cute little boy and fairly new wife. You've been married, what, three years now? Three years, man. So tell me about your family and, wh and what your goals are for your family. So I, we celebrated our three-year anniversary yesterday. Nice. Congrats. Basically, my wife, uh, my, I live three minutes away from my house. So basically, I ride a scooter to work and nice. I go home during lunch. I go home during dinner every day and then I come back to the office. Right now, we're not really traveling uh, just because of the whole corona uh, thing. And we have a one one year old, so we're kind of trying to keep him away from a lot of that stuff. Uh, but just our goals, I, I I think my wife's on on the same page as me. I, I just I just want freedom. So the reason I'm working our butt off and the reason we're buying rentals is for freedom. I'm I'm not like a luxurious type of guy. I mean, my car's paid off. I don't have any debt. Zero credit card debt. I mean, I'm wearing a Nike fucking shirt, you know, like, uh, <laughs> there you go. This is, this is uh, yeah. And you do wear nice suits though. I've seen you in some nice suits and you do look very professional when you're on appointments. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Aside from that though, I mean, I, I try to keep things simple. I'll have like three of the same shirts, uh, three or four, sometimes even five of the same shirts. That way I don't have to think about it. Like a blue polo or something. 
nice. has four or five of the same jeans. So it may look like I'm wearing the same clothing sometimes, but it's just, I had you know, three or four. <laughs> you know who else did that? Who? Steve Jobs. His, yeah. his, uh, his therapist forced him to because he was so analytical. He never knew what to wear and, and it, would, it would stress him out. So she's like, buy the same damn clothing buy like 50 of them and that's what you're going to wear the rest of your life and that's what he did so it keeps things so simple man (laughs) it does make it simple i love it very good very good well hey we're about done man anything else you want to talk about your business i'd love for you to just give yourself a shout out and um tell us how to contact you i'd probably say the best way to find me is on instagram um jose luis morales uh luis with a z and the other thing I like to say is if you're a real estate professional, that doesn't mean a licensed real estate agent, just a real estate professional under the tax code. Uh, probably one of the big benefits of buying big buildings like Sam and I are is uh, the cost segregation or the depreciation on buildings. So if I could just leave one note out there is there is huge tax benefits that a lot of Mike Ferry agents, a lot of real estate agents have no idea on. Um, I think the part that I've enjoyed most about buying that big building was the fact that I got a million dollars in depreciation. In yes. So, I mean, it, it saved me. Like it's the first year I don't pay any federal taxes and I am so excited about doing it again, just because all the money that I saved, I can just reinvest it back into the, into the marketplace. So for realtors, uh, professional real estate professionals, you're out there and you make a, a decent amount of money and mm-hmm. you're getting hammered on taxes, real estate may be a good haven for you to get some insane tax benefits. I love it. Buying it's, commercial property. It's almost like I paid you to say that. Just got off the phone with our mutual friend, Grace Sang up in San Jose. And she was basically at the point of tears. She just met with her accountant and you know she's made seven figures this year and in the last, last year, I guess getting killed uncle sam yeah so with one of our deals that we buy the the cool thing is is we'll do a cost seg it's value add and you're gonna get for every hundred thousand invested you're gonna get 50 to sixty thousand back year one in in tax write-offs which is awesome i got a million dollars in in tax write-offs which is insane and it's one of the best decisions i've ever done so, I mean, if you're investing with Sam or anybody else, it's a huge benefit because yep. maybe putting the money with Sam might save you two, $300,000 in taxes, which is a benefit in itself. You know, you have to yeah. ask, would I rather pay it to Uncle Sam or would I rather invest it with Sam and, and just put it away? I mean, the money's going to go away regardless. It's just, do you want it right. to go to Uncle Sam or do you want it to go somewhere where there's a potential for growth? and I'd rather go to a potential for growth, you know? Well, absolutely. You're going to make well over a 15% return on your money. So you're saving taxes. And not only are you not giving it to government, you're putting it in a place where with us, you're going to average at least a 15% return on your money. It's the best best decision. And I'm I'm almost disappointed that I didn't know about it early enough and that nobody talked to me about it. Like Michael Young, I think, tried to talk to me about it, but... I didn't comprehend it. Yep. Well, um, I'm going to I'm going to edit this snippet and send it out immediately to all the MFO agents because they need to hear it more and more. Brian Burnett his CPA was like, "Well, I don't know if this is a good deal." And I'm like, 
hold on, Brian, you make a ton of money. You're going to get X amount in tax savings. You invest this amount of money. And he was like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. So it, yeah. It's so dumb, you know, like it's yeah. like, it's like, it, would you rather pay it in taxes or, or not? And I, I'm telling you guys, if you're a Mike Curry agent, $0 in federal income taxes legally, wow. legally, legally. Wow. So it's freaking awesome, you know? Like, it's like, I'll do this all over again, you know? So. Hell yeah. Well, good job, man. And I can't wait to hear about your next deal. Hey, we're done. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy, crushing it. Uh, and uh, can't wait to hear about your next investments and, and see you hit that. What was it, what, 180 deals next year? Yeah, 180 deals. Awesome, awesome. Awesome. So